The father of the prodigal son demonstrates characteristics that we as dads absolutely need to embody. And there are three that I want to share with you today. Welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. When I became a father, my understanding of God and the Bible was completely revolutionized. When I read passages like Luke 15 and the story of the prodigal son, I read it in a completely different light. And while there are many things that we can extract from that story, there are three specific things that I'm going to share with you today. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. Luke 15 has become one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and I have just soaked up the story of the prodigal son. I have read it so many times and put so much thought into it, and there's so much good that we can find in the story of the prodigal son. And I call it the story of the prodigal son for your benefit because that's how it's been identified, but it's not the story of the prodigal son. He's a character in the story, but he is not the main character in the story. Luke 15 is all about Jesus trying to identify who he is. He's telling the Pharisees, the people wondering why he's eating with the sinners and talking to the sinners, he's trying to help them understand who he is and therefore why he is doing the things that he is doing. And so he introduces these characters, this shepherd, this woman who cleans the house, this father who has two sons. Jesus is trying to talk about himself in the story, but the way that he speaks of this father. And the things that this father does, while it is representative of Jesus and his characteristics, these are also attributes and traits that we should strive to have as fathers ourselves. Now, there's a lot that we can pull from the story, but there are three main things that I want to share with you today because I've talked about this story before and I will talk about this story again. But there's three things that I want to share with you today. The first thing is we have to be willing to let go. Now, this is a hard thing for us. In the story of the prodigal son, the younger son comes up to his father and says, I want my portion of the inheritance. I want to be able to go off and do my own thing. And I want it now. Kind of sounds like the girl of Charlie and the Jockey Factory. That's what this younger son wants. This is totally out of order. This is not what the custom was in that time. If anything, this is almost indicative of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want my inheritance now. It's not a good thing. But the father agrees to it, and he lets his son go. Now, this is really challenging for us, especially considering the fact that our kids are with us from the time they are babies. They are 100% dependent upon us. They can do nothing unless we do it for them. And sometimes we get stuck with that mentality that our babies are still babies. And technically, they're not. They grow up. They develop. They mature. They learn how to do things on their own. I've given this analogy before, but I think it's a really good analogy. When I brought my son home, when I brought Frankie home, We had a two-story home, 
and I had to carry him upstairs because he was a little bitty baby. I say he was a little bitty baby. He was nine pounds, 11 ounces. He was not a little bitty baby, but at the time he did feel like a little bitty baby. He couldn't get up the stairs by himself. He required me to cradle him in my arms and to walk him up and down the stairs because he couldn't do it by himself. But a few months passed and he started crawling around and he started crawling up and down the stairs by himself. Now I would be there with him, kind of a hand on him there just in case he misstepped or started to tumble. I was there to keep him safe. And then he started to walk and he's walking and he's holding on to the balusters and He's making his way up. He's making his way down. But I'm still right there with him because I know he's still trying to figure out this whole coordination thing. He can tumble really easy. and I'm right there with him. You fast forward a little bit further, though, and I'm entirely hands off. There comes that day where you hold your kid's hand up and down the stairs. And then they take their hand away and they say, I can do it. And I remember that. And that. That's a challenge. Because they're your baby and instinctively you want to treat them as such, but they don't stay babies forever. And so I brought him home and I was entirely hands on. But now he runs up and down the stairs so fast, doesn't need the railing, doesn't need my hand. I have completely let go. And that's what we're doing with our kids. That's what we are supposed to be doing with our kids. Every year that passes, we're letting go just a little bit more because they are growing and they're maturing and they're developing. And if they're going to be what we hope and dream they become, we can't be holding on to them. We have to let go if we really want the best for our kids. Now, in the story, It's a little different because this father knows my son's about to be a knucklehead, but clearly the boy had to be old enough where this was okay for him to go out and to take this inheritance and to do his own thing. So I'm not, I'm not saying just, you know, let go of your son when he's 12 and say, all right, if you want to go out and make a living, go do it. Don't be entirely foolish. The context of the story, I think is a little bit different. But what I think is remarkable, and let's just call this a little sidebar of this point of letting go, the father knew that his son would come back. He knew he would come back because while we read the story and we get so caught up and infatuated with the point that the father runs to his son while he's still a great way from the house, that only happened. It wasn't a coincidence. That only happened because the father was watching. He was waiting and watching for his son to return because he knew that he would. And I believe he knew that he would because he had invested in his son. He had raised his son the right way, the best way that he could. He instilled principles into his son. He modeled traits and characteristics that his son observed and absorbed. He knew that his son would come back. And that's what happened. The son knew if I can just get back home, if I can just see dad face to face, something good will come out of this. There was a relationship that was there. And that's really important. If you're raising your kids the right way, 
Well, I hope that this never has to happen to you. I hope it never has to happen to me. If you have raised them the right way, the best way that you can, if there comes a day where they want to go and they're old enough to go, you've got to let go. Maybe throw in that last tidbit of wisdom. You've got to let them go. And you've got to trust that you've done things the best of your ability, and that they will come back. So that's the first thing that I want us to take from the story of the father of the prodigal son. That is, we have to let go. The second thing that I want you to catch is giving grace, but not just giving it, giving grace quickly. The father was waiting and watching for that moment that his son would be coming home so that he could run to him. This wasn't just some whimsical idea that the father had. This was intentional and this was planned. He knew the moment he saw his boy that he would take off and he would go to him. This was the plan. He was looking for an opportunity to give his son grace. And this, I think, is such a powerful thing that we can do. We know that our kids are going to make mistakes, we still make mistakes. I know I certainly do. And I tell my kids, look, I know you're going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes. I'm always going to make mistakes. Mistakes are a part of life. I'm not going to judge you because you make mistakes. I'm going to run to you to help you, to give you grace. We have to have that mentality as fathers. We have to look for the opportunity to give grace and to give it quickly. I love in the story that the son has probably been rehearsing this speech. Dad, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against God. Can I just please come home and be a servant in your house? This is what he has been rehearsing and rolling over in his mind to express to his father. And his dad doesn't even let him finish. He says, Dad, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against God. Father just breaks in and interrupts and gives grace. He calls the actual servants and he says, I want you to bring him a robe. I want you to bring him a ring. I want you to bring him some shoes. He immediately reinstates his son as his son. And for him, it's probably not even reinstating his son. He sees his son. He sees his son broken. And he knows that that's not right. And he wants his son to look like his son. And so he gives grace quickly. This is sometimes a challenge because we can easily harbor resentment and sometimes not be fully in control of our emotions. And sometimes we feel like we want our kid to suffer. Not that we mean that in a bad way, but we want them to be conflicted thinking about what they have done and what it means and how they ought to do better. While there might be place for that as they grow up, fathers, I'm going to caution you to not do that. I'm going to advise you to be really intentional in making sure that you bring clarity to your kids. Because so much of the trauma that adults have stems from their childhood. It's almost always the case. Someone has issues because of their childhood because they perceived something one way and it was up to them 
to understand it. And they used their understanding and they came to terms with the intellectual capacity and the emotional capacity that they had as a child. And it's that comprehension that they have carried with them into adulthood and it has plagued them. Sometimes all it takes is getting face to face with your kid and explaining to them what just happened. Explaining to them why you had to raise your voice. Say, it wasn't your fault. I just didn't think you could hear me. I don't want you to think that I'm yelling at you, that you're bad, that there's something wrong with you. I don't, if you say something. I remember one time with my, with my son, man, this was, it feels like it was three years ago. He's almost seven. I can't believe I would say this to a four-year-old, especially my own kid. But he did something and I said, Frankie, what is wrong with you? I said it just like that. And it caught up to him and I realized, I can't believe I just said it to my kid. And so I was very intentional as quickly as I could to let him know, hey, I shouldn't have said that because there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes we're not in complete control of our emotions. And because we're not in control of our emotions, we do things that are emotionally stupid. I mean, just coin this new phrase, emotionally stupid. We do things that aren't good. Don't leave these things up to your kids. Bring the explanation. Give grace. This is a part of giving grace. Give explanation. Give grace. And don't hesitate. Do it quickly. It's going to benefit your kid in multiple ways. And the third thing, number three, this is what I really want you to be intentional about because this is something in the story that I think we often overlook. But I want you to be present and I want you to be involved with your kids. Now, you might say, I already know to do that. But I want you to catch what it enabled the father of the prodigal to do. I find it so incredible that when the Bible says the son is still a great way away from the house, that he spots someone running to him. And the story continues to unfold. He sees that it's his father. His father tackles him in this embrace, kisses his neck, calls for the servants to do everything that, that they do. But what is astounding to me is that the father took off as early as he did. The son is still a great distance from the house, but his father was already on the run. His dad was already running to him. His father spotted him way before he spotted his father. And there's a reason for that. And this is why I'm encouraging you to make sure that you are present and involved with your kids. Because this father was, he had to have been. He was involved with his kids in the good times, in the sad times, in the bad times, in the boring times. He was there. He was watching. He was engaged. He was involved. He was observant. He was studying his kids, learning their behavior. He knew what they looked like when they felt like champions. 
and he knew what they looked like when they felt like losers. The father had seen all of these different reactions, all of these different emotions. He saw all of them because he was there and he was actively involved and engaged with his kids. And I think the reason that the father is able to already be on the run when the son realizes that he's still a great distance from the house. Because when he was watching, he's looking at the horizon and he sees this silhouette start to peek over the horizon. I think he noticed something. Whether it's the way that the son held his head down, whether it was a nervous tick, whether it was a hand being on the head, in the hair, doing something. I think the father was able to notice something about the posture in that silhouette. And he realized, that's my son. Because I've seen my son broken. I've seen my son when he's failed. I know what my boy looks like when he is hurt and when he is sad and when he feels defeated. And I believe that the father of the prodigal son immediately recognized that that was his son based on what he saw at a great distance. This is why I want you to be involved and to be engaged with your kids. Because I want you to see the good times. I want you to see the bad times. I want you to see how they respond to things. I want you to know their little tics. I want you to know how they posture themselves. I want you to have all of this studied and I want you to be familiar with it because there will come a day when they are grown up and they are broken and they are coming to you and you will spot it from a distance and you will have an opportunity to run to them and to still give them grace and to give them grace quickly. That's what I want you to take away from the story of the father of the prodigal son. The first thing is be willing to let go. Be willing to let go. It's painful, but you've got to. You've got to relinquish your control if they're ever going to become what you hope they become. The second thing is give grace quickly. Don't hold on to that. Don't keep that from them. You have the power to give it, and it's an incredible gift to give. So give grace and give it as soon as you can to your kids. And number three, make sure that you are present and make sure you are involved in your children's lives because you need to know what they look like, not just their face. You need to know what they look like when they're upset. You need to know how they carry themselves when they're broken. You need to see the way that they celebrate. You need to know how they move around when they're happy and when they're rejoicing. You need to see all of that. You need to be there for every bit of it. Because in the event there is a day where your kid goes off and they make a mistake and they're hesitant to come back to you because they just feel undeserving, you'll have the opportunity, just like the father in Luke 15, to spot them from a distance only by the silhouette and to see my son 
or my daughter is hurting and they are broken and I'm going to run to them. And I know you will. So be present, be involved so that you can give grace quickly to take those three things away. Be intentional about those three things. Be mindful about those three things. It hurts, but you got to let go. Be willing to let go and start practicing letting go. Give grace quickly. Your kids make lots of mistakes. We have lots of opportunities for grace. Give it and give it swiftly. And number three, make sure you're there and make sure you're involved. Be present and be engaged with your kids so that you can give the grace that they need and give it quickly. That's what I want you to take away. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. Thank you so much for being with me. And I hope you will join me next time. Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Father in Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.